Maraming salamat po. Thank you very much. We came back to the Philippines uh, February 2020. And uh, like what uh, you heard uh, this evening, and uh, because my wife is due to give birth to our second baby, uh, April. And uh, you, you know what happened in the Philippines. Um, the Philippine government shut down all the means of transportation and uh, were not able to return to Cambodia. And uh, because uh, beside that, we, are, we want to uh, do the birth certificates uh, birth certificate and the passport, but we can't do it because every government offices are closed. But um, uh, the Lord um, continued to use us. I said, Lord, if we are not able to go back to Cambodia, use us here in the Philippines. So I will share more uh, later uh, during the message. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate um, uh, inviting me to be here and allowing me to be here. And uh, I thank the Lord for the life of Pastor Max, for um, teaching this church how to give. And thank you for the same thing um, in our church in Cambodia, at Grace Baptist Church. We're not, in the, we're not in Cambodia when we celebrated our 10-year church anniversary. Supposed to be we plan to have a big celebration because... 10th year church anniversary will just come one time. So we, we plan, we, we have a plan. We have a plan to invite people. We have our people committed uh, some amounts for our church uh, anniversary. And, uh, but it did not happen. It did not happen. What we did is uh, instead of uh, celebrating, uh, feeding a lot of people and preaching to them the gospel, we were in the Philippines and we cannot do it and um, mass gathering is not allowed in Southeast Asia. So what we did is um, I encouraged our church, instead of spending this money, this commitment to feed, a lot, to feed a lot of people, I encouraged them because we are celebrating 10th year church anniversary why not take 10 pastors or 10 missionaries and give them $100 each? And they agreed, and uh, commitment continued to come, and we, instead of we just need $1,000, but we end up having $1,100, $1,100. So we advanced our 11th year church anniversary. We gave uh, $1,100 uh, $1 to 11 pastors. When, while we are celebrating our 10th year church anniversary. Because same thing as this church. I want to encourage our church in Cambodia how to give. I want the church in Cambodia to, for them to invest in the life of others. So continue to pray for us. And uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Let us turn our Bible. If you have your Bible tonight, let us turn our Bible in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 7. Just one verse tonight. And uh, your theme is raise up, raise not my standard of living, but raise my standard of giving. You know, you want to practice 
the way of your giving is very easy. Just be sensitive enough when the Lord impresses in your heart. If the Lord impresses that you need to do something, you need to contribute, you need to, you need to help, then that is the best way to, to practice your giving. When, when the Lord speaks to your heart and there's a need, that's the best way to respond, to practice your giving. John chapter 15, let us all stand, if you may, as we give reverence to the Word of God. John chapter 15, verse 7, just one verse tonight. If you will study John chapter 15, from verse 1 to verse 11, it talks about the relationship of believers to Christ. From verse 12, to verse 17, it talks about the relationship of believers to each other. And from verse 18 to verse 25, it talks about the relationship of believers to the world. But uh, just one verse tonight, John chapter 15, verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear God, for giving me this opportunity to share your word. I pray that you use me tonight to be a blessing and to be an encouragement to our dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, if there's someone here tonight that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today is the day of their salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may all be seated. Thank you very much. As we face this, as we continue to face these uncertain days of our lives, no assurance, I want to encourage you tonight about three things. Three things that we could see from the verse that we just read. Three things that we need to learn in our Christian life. You know, this is a good, uh, whatever we are doing tonight about the mission, I know that the approval of God is there. But first of all, as we start this mission conference, I want to talk to you tonight about our relationship with God. Because if our relationship with God is not right, then... This is just a program. This is just another mission conference. This is just another service. But first of all, I would like to share you tonight our, our relationship to God. You know, you know what's happening. I know, I know you are aware of what's happening. You know, uh, people or people in the government here in, here in America and also in the Philippines... They're trying to control everyone. It's like we are losing our freedom. But, you know, church, we don't follow the world. We follow God's word. Amen? Amen? We don't follow the word, the world. We follow God's word. 
And that's the reason, the very reason why the Lord saved us. Because God has a purpose in every life. God has a purpose in your life. And that purpose and that plan may be unique or may be different from the purpose of God, from the plan of God in my life. But generally speaking, once we, we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, when we, when we have the relationship to the Lord, we, are, we know that God has a purpose in our life. And we are not just sitting there for nothing. We are not saved for nothing. We are saved. God save us because God has a purpose. God has a plan in our life. And I want to encourage you tonight about three things. Number one, if you will notice in verse, the first line from the verse that we just read, if ye abide in me. Three things that I would like to share, you, to, share to you tonight. That Three things that we must have in our Christian life. Number one, if ye abide in me, number one, we must have a Christ-centered life. A Christ-centered life. You know, we are so busy, we are so focused with so many things around us. You know what is the, the, the scary thing in the life of many Christians? They are attending church. They're carrying their Bible, they're singing in the choir, they're giving their special number, listening to the preaching, but their heart is far from God. And number one encouragement that, it, that I would like to share to you tonight, we must have a Christ-centered life. A Christ-centered life. And that's what we are teaching since the Lord called us, since the Lord allowed, allowed us to start the work there in Cambodia, Grace Baptist Church. You know, 95% of the people there are Buddhists. I said, during my teaching, during my preaching, when the Lord saved you, you are no longer living for, for Buddha. You are now living for Christ. And your life, the center of your life must be Christ. I'm not saying that working is wrong. I'm not saying pursuing your goal in life is wrong. I'm not saying that pursuing your dreams is wrong. But without Christ in that dream, without Christ in that goal, without Christ in that life, we're just wasting our time. Christ must be the center of our life. You know, when we are... I, when, while we are in the Philippines, I'm so privileged to officiate wedding, weddings. And you heard so many, um, uh, you witnessed so many weddings in your, in your life. And uh, most of these weddings you will hear, you put God first, make Christ, make God the center of your wedding or your marriage life. And they said, I do, I do. I do. But after five days, after one month, after, it's different. Right? It's different. Parang may tinamaan yata. 
That must be our goal. Whatever we are doing in this life, don't forget that Christ must be the center of our life. You young people, you know, as you study, as you continue, whatever you want to, to accomplish in this life, do not forget to put Christ in the center of your life. We've seen, we witnessed so many young people, you know, wasted their life for nothing. We've seen many Christians wasted their life for nothing. Why? Because the, prior, the, the priority is wrong. We forget our priority is to put God first in our life. Christ must be the center of our life. If ye abide in me, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will check your Bible, it's in red letter. If ye abide in me, the question tonight, are we abiding in Christ? Are we really abiding in Christ? Number two, not only we abide, not only if ye abide in me, but number two, and my words abide in you. Not only we must have a Christ-centered life, but number two, we must have a Bible-anchored life life. Amen? Amen? I'm listening to a preacher, to a pastor before I got here. And while listening to his preaching, he said, build your life on the Word of God. You have work, you build your life in the Word of God. You have family, you build your family in the Word of God. You're studying, you build your life in the Word of God. Whatever you're doing, you build your life in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And this is the reason. You know, we must have a Bible-anchored life. If you, if you study the word anchor in the Bible, it pictures stability. It pictures hope. I know all of us or many people today are experiencing depression, anxiety, and even us Christians, right? We don't know what will happen to us. We don't know when will this end. But where do we go? Where do we get our strength? Where do we get encouraged? Why do we continue? Where do we get that strength for us to continue serving the Lord? Where? From the Word of God. And that's the purpose, the very purpose why we are still here. Because we don't trust the words of man, but we trust the Word of God. Amen? Bible anchored life. You know, if the ocean pictures our life, you know, if the anchor of our life, if our only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ, and when big waves of discouragement comes, if Jesus Christ is our only hope, 
we are stable. We don't need to worry. If big waves of problems, troubles in life comes, and if Jesus is our hope, then we are okay. You know, as, uh, as I arrived around 4 a.m., 4 p.m., and we're catching up, sharing our story with Pastor Sam, it's really sad when, when there are people no reverence or they don't give time to God. You know, as much as we pastors, missionaries, we encourage our, the people, we encourage you to continue, to continue to serve the Lord. And then suddenly you will see a brethren will stop serving the Lord. You will see, a wit you will witness a brethren far from God. You know, sometimes it makes more harder to us pastors and missionaries when you see brethren that are out of the will of God. Why? Because no knowledge of the Word of God. No total commitment from the Word of God. You know, there are so many times that we can, many times, very easy for us to stop, very easy for us to quit. But you know, that's, that's why it's so important for us to be in the church every Sunday. It's very important to us to be here every midweek service, every prayer meeting. Why? Because we always hear the word of God. There are times that we are about to quit. There are times that we are about to stop. There are times that we are about to surrender. Lord, enough! And then we hear the word of God. And we're so encouraged. The Lord showed us how He loves us. Just continue. Amen? Just continue. I remember the story in Hosea chapter 6. What Hosea chapter 6 verse 1 says. Come and let us return unto the Lord. A great reminder to every one of us. You know, this global pandemic separated us from our church, separated us from our loved ones, from our families. We even, it's very sad when people, you know, they can go around from Monday to Saturday without thinking about the virus. Then when they go to church, when you're invited to come to the church, they said, there's a virus. <laughs> right? It's very sad. You mean, virus is not active from Monday to Saturday? And the only day that, that virus is active is Sunday? And not only Sunday, but in the church? So you're not scared to go anywhere? To buy what you need in Walmart or whatever, you, wherever you want to go, you're not afraid. But when you come to the church, face mask, face mask, face mask. Sanitizer, sanitizer. Right? 
It's very sad when there are Christians like that. But you know what is the blessing? For us, pastors and missionaries, to see everyone continues. To see everyone. That's, you know, you want to encourage your pastor? Be there every Sunday. When, we, when I'm starting in Cambodia in 2010, we go visitation, we go soul winning, and then they, they promise everyone will come. Yes, pastor will come. Yes, pastor will come. And then your service starts, what, 9, 9 a.m.? And before 9 a.m., you're, you're at the front of your church door, and you're like a giraffe, you know. Your, your neck becomes long, waiting for someone, those people that promise to come. Right? There, there, are, there, is, there is a, there's a time that there's one Sunday when I'm starting in Cambodia, Grace Baptist Church. We visited these people, we invited them. And then, before the service starts, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Only my brother and my interpreter. I said, okay, we'll start the service. With or without people, we'll start the service. So I said, Lord, please encourage me today. So we started, I give, I lead the singing. Nobody's, nobody's coming. I said, you know, the only thing that I did not do is giving the special number. I pray for the opening prayer. I lead the singing. You know, what's, that's what mission, you know, is all about. You do everything. You know, during our first church anniversary, I cook sinigang for our people there in Cambodia. Because I'm still single during that, during that time. And when, when my wife saw me after three years, and then, you know, you know what my wife said when my wife saw me? She said, Lord, that's him. <laughs> well, that's my version, all right? I hope she, do, she can, she can uh, get here or else you will hear the real version, all right? So that's what you do in the mission, you know? And then... After 30 minutes of waiting, 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 are they coming, Lord? Then suddenly, a full load of this tuk-tuk, they call it tuk-tuk, in Cambodia, they came before I preached. I said, why, why now? Why, why, why you're late? They said, Pastor, we got a flat tire. Flat tire. You see, in the middle of your dedication to the Lord, the devil wants to discourage you. In the middle of your, your fully surrendered life to the Lord, then the, the devil is all, always active to discourage you. Now we have so many, many, many reasons to quit. We have so many reasons to stop serving the Lord. But you know what keeps on 
continuing the Word of God. The Word of God. And lastly, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will. Number one, we must have a Christ-centered life. You know, you're giving to your mission faith promise. Before you make that promise, make sure that Christ is the center of your life. Because if not, Lord, why always giving? Lord, here, here Pastor Sam again, talking about money. Lord, here we go again. You know, increasing the faith promise amount. We lost our job. We, you know, we don't receive this full salary. But Lord, you know, we have if we if we, if you don't if you don't want to give, I encourage you don't give. Yeah, because it will not be a blessing. If you if you are just if you are if you will give and it's against in your heart, I encourage you not to give because it will not be a blessing. It will not be a blessing. You know, last if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will. Number one, we must have a Christ-centered life. Number two, we must have a Bible-anchored life. And number three, we must have a prayer-supported life. A prayer-supported life. I know and I believe before this mission conference, you prayed a lot to make this mission conference possible for this year. And as we watched the, the, video, the video last year, just online, I believe online mission conference. Mission conference. A prayer-supported life. You know, when people, when, when, when people are out of, very far from the Lord, and then suddenly come this this virus and, you know, all people are calling to the Lord. These rich people, this, every, everyone calling to the Lord. Before they don't have time to call to the Lord, but now they're, they're always calling to the Lord. It's really funny, you know, when someone pretends that knows how to pray, but they only pray when they only have a need. You know, Christians, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, our life must be supported with prayer. You know, this, um, the Manalo family, if there's a childhood churchmate, literally, they are my churchmate, childhood um, churchmate in the Philippines. Yep. And uh, they know me. Maybe they're wondering why, why I'm standing behind this pulpit. They, they know me. There's no way that this man will become a missionary. There's no way that this man will become a pastor. They know me. But why? Why I'm here? 
Because there's a lot of people prayed for me. And the reason why we are here tonight, because there's a lot of people prayed for you. A lot of people. A prayer-supported life. As you notice in the video presentation, as I stand before you tonight, I am not I am not raising additional support. And that's what I told Pastor Sam. Except if he insists. <laughs> because you already supported me in, in 2013 or 2014. I'm not, this trip is not about raising additional support. As you notice, the work in Cambodia, we already accomplished 60% of that church building project. And we're just praying to finish to accomplish that remaining 40% to use that place. And while we are in the Philippines, while we cannot go back to Cambodia, I have a brother in Cambodia who is also a missionary. I just talked to him the other day. He said, well, the, the rules now are, now are now different. They allow now uh, tourists to come to Cambodia. And after my trip here, I'm heading back to Cambodia. And praise the Lord. Because we miss our people. By the way, even though we are not in Cambodia, the ministry in Cambodia continues. It didn't stop. Because there are uh, Cambodians that we already trained and they are the one. I'm, I'm always telling them, always telling them that one day the Lord maybe will move us to another place. And Grace Baptist Church needs to continue. And, and that's what happened. We cannot, we're not able to go back to the Philippines. And I said to our Cambodian resident pastor, I said, it's your turn. You practice your leadership. You reach your own people. You do whatever you need to do for the ministry. And you, while waiting for us to go back there. And thank God because he's doing what he needs to do. And that's the purpose why, we, why the Lord sent us there. To train those nationals so that one day if the Lord will move us somewhere, then the ministry will continue. A while ago, before the service starts, I'm talking to Pastor Manalo. Uh, Pastor Abilardo Manalo. I said, Pastor, when you, when you, those churches when you were young, when you started those churches, are they still existing? He said, Yes. Just imagine that the Lord used him to plant the seeds in that place of Balanga and in Sambales. And that church still there. He's telling me a while ago the story of the, his, their neighbor. Every time they start the service, that neighbor behind the mission house, they start, he starts turning on the, the karaoke. When the service starts, then he, he turned on that karaoke, you know, aloud. So that these people that listening to the preaching or attending to, the, to that service, you know, will not pay attention. They will be distracted. But later on, that guy that always turning on that karaoke loud, when they go back to that place, according to Pastor Abelardo, He's, all, he's now a member of that church. 
Isn't that amazing? Amen? You plant the seed. You plant the seed. Then other harvest the seed. Amen? When we are in the Philippines, um, the Lord, I said, Lord, while we are not able to return to Cambodia, use us here in the Philippines. And while we are in the Philippines, I thank the Lord for my father-in-law who gave me the opportunity to, to minister to the church there, to the church people in a weekly basis. I preach, then I, we do the men's fellowship. We literally adopted five young men in our house and uh, teaching them, discipling them. And uh, since this church in the Philippines, where my father-in-law started in 1998, until today, they are renting a rental house. They rent a rental place. They rent different places and move to different places because they don't have a permanent place. I think this is their 11th place that they move since 1998. Just two months ago, my brother-in-law, the, the landlady talked to my brother-in-law and she said, uh, Paul John, you need to move. You need to find another place. And you know what? Before this global pandemic, pandemic happened, we have Sunday school and a 10 a.m. service. But during this time, the, the church grew. The church grew. We have now two services. From 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. service. First service and second service. When I heard about this, my brother-in-law uh, told me about this. He said, Pastor, this landlady talked to me and uh, she said we need to find another place because she wants the place back. And I said, Lord, where will you put these people? You let the church grow and you want us to leave? Where will you put these people? And uh, I said, Lord, I know that uh, you have a plan. And if this is what you want me to do, I'll do all these paperworks. You know, before, you know, when you go to the Philippines and you go overseas, you just pay your plane ticket, you get your plane ticket and go to the airport and that's it. But now it's different. A lot of changes. You need to do a lot of requirements. You need to pass the COVID test before you take the flight. And uh, because if you will take the Philippine airline, they will require you to to wear your face mask and the face shield all the way, except for every meal. <laughs> it's a good joke, right? You, you are not allowed to remove the face mask and the face shield, and then you can take it off when it's meal time. Brilliant idea. So, then the Lord allowed me to come, to come over, and the immigration officer gave me six months. I said, sir, he asked me, how long do you plan to stay? I said, I, I want to stay until next year if you allow me to stay. Because this is a surprise trip. And uh, if you allow me to stay, 
Then I'll call the people to the, the people that I want to surprise. I will call them tomorrow. I'll tell them I'm here to surprise them. He said, no, 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 no. What you need to do, if you want to surprise them, you show up there, you knock on their door, and tell them, surprise! <laughs> I like this immigration officer. I hope next time I will come. He's still there. <laughs> but there's a great need. There's a great need, the reason why I, I came here. The Lord impresses in my heart to pray and to do something for the church in the Philippines and also for the completion of the church building in Cambodia. I'm praying for 40 churches. And the only thing that I can do before I came and when I arrived, the only thing that I can do is to pray. No promises. You come to the church, you come to this church, we'll give you that money. No. The only thing that I can do is to pray. No, no schedules, no meetings. I only prayed. Pray, Lord, please, if this is your will, allow me to come, allow me to present the work. Give me churches that will open their doors and allow me to present these needs. I'm praying for $80,000. $80,000. I'm praying for 40 churches that could give sacrificially $2,000 for me to be able to reach the goal while I'm going around. You know what happened last Sunday night, the church that I visited in Delaware? The pastor said, I'll give $2,000, I'll give $200. To help this church, to help the need, to reach that goal. I'll give $200. Then people from that church start raising their hand. Pastor, I'll give $200, I'll give $300, I'll give $20, i will give $40. And when they collected the offering, they collected $2,500. And the pastor said, is there someone here? That you don't bring your check, you don't have your wallet, you don't have money, but you want to give. You raise your hand. People are keep on raising their hand. And that night, that Sunday night, that church gave $4,025. $4,025. said, Lord, thank you. It's a good start, but it's, I have a long way to go. I said, but Lord, thank you. I keep on praying. And then, um, Wednesday, I visited this church in Delaware. And then Wednesday, I have to visit another church somewhere in Durham, North Carolina. I said, Lord, make a difference. Do something tonight. After I presented the work, Tell the people about the need. The church gave $3,000. I said, Lord, thank you. Because you continue to answer prayers. And that's what we need to do. And that's the only thing that I have. Is faith. And prayer. Amen. Is it not true? 
If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will. It will not happen if your Christ is not centered in Christ. That's why if you pray, and you said, Lord, why you are not answering my prayer? My question is, is your life, is Christ is the center of your life? Do you have, are you giving Christ or God the reason to answer your prayer? You don't go to church. You don't give your tithes and offering. You don't go to prayer meeting and then you pray and then you want God to answer your prayer. Well, you shall ask what, uh, what ye will. My question is, our life anchored to the word of God? You shall ask what you will. But if your life is centered in Christ and your life is anchored from the word of God, the promise is, here's the promise. What's the last line there from that verse? It shall be done unto you. It shall be done unto me. When, uh, when we are, while we are in the Philippines, I said, Lord, if your will for us to be here for a while, while we cannot go back to Cambodia, use me, use us in the Philippines. And I start praying for one soul. I said, Lord, while we are in the Philippines, give me one soul. And uh, this, this man cutting my hair, you know how much the haircut in the Philippines, only one dollar. If the, the barbershop is beside the wet market, you know. But if you want more, you go to the mall. But mall, uh, malls are closed. So I said, Lord, give me one soul. Give me one man while I'm here so that, you know, this stay will be fruitful. And every week I go to this man, ask him to cut my hair. And uh, my hair is getting long because uh, I don't have him, you know, I'm not in the Philippines. I know how much the haircut here. So I said, Lord, give me one soul. I start praying for this man that cuts my hair, the barber. I invited him to come to the church. He said, yes, pastor, I will come. When he came to the church, attend the church, I said, Lord, thank you. And then I keep on talking to him, sharing the word of God to him. And I said, is he okay? And I told him, sir, I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for your family. I started inviting his family in the church. And then lo and behold, the whole family attending in the church. So, Lord, I'm just asking for one soul, but you give me one family. Thank you for that answer. If my, if my purpose getting stuck or stranded in the Philippines, if that, if that is my purpose, then the purpose of God is well served. 
to win that family. The kids starting to join the choir, singing in the choir. And that's what we need to do, church. We must have a prayer-supported life. Pray. Because we believe that prayer changes things. Thank you very much.